Hey, good morning. Y'all be seated. And I want to welcome you if you're here in this place, in this room. Thankful that you have made time to worship with us. And listen, if you're joining us online, connecting with us at Rev City Church Online, grateful that you also are worshiping Jesus with us today. And if you have your Bible with you, turn or click to Luke chapter 5. And while you're turning or clicking there, I want to continue to draw your attention to something, a season that we're in as a church, something that we do every year to just dedicate the new year and consecrate ourselves to God in a new or a fresh way. And in the seat back in front of you here in the room, you'll see this printed piece right here, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And listen, if you're here in the room, I want to encourage you, go ahead and just reach out in front of you. Put your hands on that. Take a look at it with me. We're going to look at it. We're going to pray into something today. And it's an invitation. This is an opportunity for us to just take a moment as we turn the calendar, turn the page, start a new year, to just still our hearts, dedicate ourselves to serving Jesus in a new way and to realizing that, listen, we need more of him. Everything that we're up against, everything that we're going through, I don't know what 2021 is gonna hold for you, but here's what I know is that if we will press into God, he'll be faithful to see us through those things. And that there's a way to go through even some difficult seasons like we've gone through in 2020 and come out on the other side of it, closer to God, more connected, more committed, more convinced. He is who he says he is. He's called you to be and become who he's called you to be and become. So this is not an obligation. It's not a religious exercise or activity. It's an invitation to you, to you, to press in just a little closer to God as we start 2021. And so you can take that printed piece with you. That's yours. You can text, especially those of you who are joining us online or in this room, you could text 2021 to the text number that we use often, 30500. And that will initiate a daily reminder for us to partner in prayer towards something specific on that day. And here's what I want to encourage you with is that fasting and prayer is an opportunity for you to personally seek the Lord for breakthrough in something that maybe you are hoping for, something that you are standing against, something that you are struggling with all throughout God's word. When the people of God would make time and space in their life, that's what this is about. Making time and space, saying in, in lieu of that time I would normally spend on that news source or that social media site, in lieu of going to that lunch or that breakfast, I'm taking that time I would normally give to that thing and I'm reminding myself and I'm committing to God, that thing that I hunger for, I hunger more for you. And I'm making this time to press into you to spend time with you. And so listen, all throughout the Bible, when the people of God would do what we're doing, because we're you're not just a church member. You're a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus, who has the invitation and the opportunity to experience the abundant life, the victorious life that Jesus came to connect you to. He came and died for you to do so much more than give you a ticket to heaven or a get out of jail free card. He came to connect you to a lifestyle of authority and peace and victory and joy. And this is the invitation to do like the people of God did all throughout God's word, to pray and to fast and just watch what he'll do in your life. I promise you, if you'll just press in just a little bit, just take a step towards God. Just give him that 10 minutes early in the morning or just give him that breakfast or lunch hour once a week or whatever it looks like for you. It's not an obligation. It's an invitation to press in 
to partner together to see God move in our lives, in our church, in our city, and in our nation. And how do we believe that more than anything, we need a revival and an awakening in our nation today? I'm just telling you, more of God. We need the people of God to turn to God and to begin to once again stand on the promises of God and the word of God and begin to stand and declare the truth of God in a way that sees many people come back to God and begin to experience and discover what we've experienced and discovered, a faithful, good God who leads us through every season and every circumstance. And so if you have that card in your hand or you've texted and signed up and you got the notification today, you'll know that today's prayer focus is revival in Lawrence and our region. And I wanna do something while we're together corporately. I know all throughout the rest of the, the week, you'll be maybe having this taped on your bathroom mirror or on your refrigerator or, or on the console of your vehicle or somewhere. That's what I wanna encourage you to do. Put it somewhere where you can at least take a moment to partner with the rest of your church family to pray into what we're presenting before the Lord that day. But today we have the opportunity to pray corporately both those who are in this room, those who are online. And in fact, I want to ask you to do something. Would you stand to your feet and let's pray together corporately. I'm going to lead us corporately. But listen, if you believe that what Lawrence, Kansas needs is more of Jesus, if you believe that what the Kansas City and Topeka area needs is more of Jesus, if you believe that what the United States of America and every nation in the world needs is a move of God, would you pray with me today? Would you pray with me today? I mean, come on, don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? I, I know the Lord spoke to me as we were going through some things in 2020. He said his heart for us was that we would come through those things somehow, some way. I didn't know how it would go or how it would look. More committed, more connected, and more convinced. And listen, in some ways, committed and connected hang in the balance for some of us. But I'm telling you, from the depths of my being, the bottom of my heart, I know for sure I'm more convinced that Jesus is the answer for our culture. And so let's pray. Let, come on, press in. I'm going to lead us corporately, but would you pray right where you are, man of God, woman of God, on behalf of your heart, your home, your marriage, your family, your workplace, this city, our region, and our nation, let's cry out to God. The Word of God says, if my people, that's you and that's me, will humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, seek his face. That's our part. That God's part, his response is, I'll hear from heaven and I'll come and I'll heal your land. So let's pray together today. Come on, pray with some fervency today. Like, like maybe you really believe that we need more of Jesus in our community. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the hope that we have in you that transcends, that surpasses understanding, that peace that we have, Lord. You are, you are a faithful God. You've seen us through some things, God, and here we are standing in this place in your presence. And Lord, we say that we need, starting with us individually, every man, every woman, every young person, we need more of Jesus. Lord, we lift up our city before you and our region before you. We pray, God, that you would make a way, create the way, cause people's hearts to begin to be softened and turning towards an openness towards the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that there would be a revival in this city, God, that would be characterized by many precious people who are currently far from God, drawing close to him and coming to know who you are and who they are in you. We lift up our nation, these United States of America, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that right now, everywhere we look, there's division, Lord. Lord. There's isolation, Lord. There's hurt. There's pain. There's rejection. We pray that you would do as we do our part 
turn and humble ourselves, call out to you, cry out to you, seek after you, Lord. Would you do what only you can do? Would you come and would you heal our land? Would you cause us to once again be one nation under God? Would you cause us to be able, and by your grace, Lord, to love our neighbor better than we did in, in this last year, Lord, in this new year, God? We pray that we need more of you, God, less of us and more of you, less of us and more of you. Would you move mightily in our lives, in us, through us, and for us, in this, in this day, in this hour, in Jesus' name. And come on, all of God's people said, if you believe it, say amen, amen, amen. And can we just put, the, put our hands together for Jesus in anticipation that that's more than just a religious exercise? He hears, and he wants to heal. All right, you can be seated. Thanks for joining us in that. I want to, again, just invite you to continue to walk through the rest of these 21 days with us and just trust that God's going to do mighty things in your life and in your hearts, in your homes. And listen, turn to Luke chapter five, and, and we're gonna continue today in our series, New Year, New You. And listen, I understand that's a little bit cliche, but as I was just seeking the Lord for what he wanted to speak into the life of our church, as we turned the page on 2020 and opened up the book on a new calendar year, the Lord just began to quickly speak to me that there were some people who were getting their hopes up that the turning of the calendar was going to lead to some different results. And I'm just here to tell you today that just flipping the page from 2020 to 21 will not and does not guarantee new results or different results in your life. In fact, 2021, we've already seen it in just the opening couple of weeks of the year is going to have unique challenges of its own. The only thing that will guarantee new or different results in your life is a new or fresh commitment to go hard after, to run after, to pursue after, to seek after, and to deepen and develop and strengthen your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. To renew your commitment to be found in his word and to write it on your heart, for his word to be on your lips and for his thoughts to be your thoughts and, and for you to be a person of prayer and a person of worship that, that finds the strength to make it through what God has for you in this coming year, not in your own strength, but from the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God's word. A new year will not guarantee new results. And I started seeing people, and listen, I get it. People were more desperate than ever to kick 2020 to the curb. I get it. But turning the calendar is not gonna change anything. 2021 will have its own unique challenges, problems, and opportunities and victories. But what will guarantee something new, something fresh, what will secure you in the midst of however it goes, because I, I don't know the future, I can't tell you how it's gonna go for you. But what I can tell you is that if you'll press into the Lord Jesus Christ in a new way, in a fresh way, in a, in a more committed way, I'm just telling you, regardless of how it goes for you, you'll make it through. Because as a believer, here's what I say often, it bears repeating, as a believer in Jesus Christ, how it goes for you is not tied, it's not dependent on how things go. It's dependent on who you know. And when the world shakes, come on, you need to know the one who holds the world in the palm of his hand. It's time to press in. It's time to get real. It's time to draw near. It's time to go deeper. It's time to grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. A new year will not guarantee new results. And it's a time of year where oftentimes we set resolutions and that's a good thing. Listen, I have some, some, some resolutions, some goals, some places, some things 
some areas of my life that are important to God and that are important to me, and I want to do better. I want to do differently. I want to grow. I want to go forward in some areas. I have some do goals in my life, things I want to do better in my faith, in my family, in my finances, in my fitness, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and relationally. There's some things that I want to do better. But, you know, here's the thing is we make resolutions, and those are good things. I'm encouraging you. Take inventory. Take stock. Be aware of some places that you want to do some things with more intentionality or some places that you want to do some things differently as you go into a new year. It's a good thing. But here's the reality is that studies show that 92% of New Year's resolutions rather, are either failed or abandoned by the time we reach Valentine's Day. And here's what I believe to be true. It's because of the fact that we set artificial, superficial do goals when really the better thing for us to do would be to set who goals. Lord, who are you calling me to become as a man of God in 2021? Lord, who are you calling and inviting and empowering and gracing me to become as a woman of God, as a young person of God in 2021? That God's maybe more interested in who he's calling you to be and become than what he's calling you to do. And that when you focus on the who, you require or acquire rather the grace to fulfill the do. When you begin to know more of who you are in Christ, your identity, your authority, your victory in him that he purchased for you in a way that you couldn't discern, you couldn't deserve or earn, you begin to acquire the grace to accomplish the do goals, 92% of which will be failed or abandoned by the middle of the second month of the year, unless you get a revelation. Maybe we need revelation, not resolution. Listen, don't hear me. I'm encouraging you. Set some goals. Dream about some things. Maybe pursue some new disciplines. But above it all, your commitment should be more of Jesus. He's the greatest who. Good are things that I can do. Better are, is who I can become. Best is who can I draw near to. Who can I go deeper with? Who can I grow closer to? His name is Jesus. The number one resolution you ought to have as you turn the calendar to a new year is that you look more like Jesus at the end of this year because you've spent time with him, because you've drawn near to him, because you've made time in your schedule to be back in his word, to make the time to join with us, to pray into these things. Maybe we ought to set who goals instead of do goals. And I'm just telling you, the number one goal you ought to have is more of Jesus, more of Jesus, more of Jesus. I mean, it's just the cry of my heart in this season. Lord, less of me, less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. Come on, right where you sit, right where you are online with us, just begin to just in your own way, just begin to just pray that prayer for 2021 over your life. Lord, I want to be, come on, church, just begin to pray more of you, Jesus. I want to look more like Jesus. I want to draw nearer to you, Jesus. I want to know you more, Jesus, than I have ever before. I don't know how things are going to look with the new year, but I know if I have more of you, you will be with me. You will see me through some things. You'll see me to some things. I believe it in Jesus' name. I'd receive it for myself, and I declare it over you as our church family in Jesus' name. More of Jesus in 2021. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. 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 But here's the thing. It's easy to get amens when we're talking about the more of God. 
But here's what, because we all want more of God. I mean, I don't know anyone that would answer that question. I mean, really, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're a person of faith, if you're here in this place, I trust most of you fit in that category. Some of you might be here seeking, and I'm just telling you, you're not here by accident. But listen, most of us would, would answer quickly if asked that question. If that question is posed, do you desire to experience and know more of God in your life? Almost all of us will say, yes and amen, sign me up, I'm raising my hand. But here's the thing that God spoke to me and showed me, is that he really does have more in store for you. But to experience the more that he has in store, you have to be willing to embrace the new that he's calling you to. That's the conflict. That's the rub. The more, the freedom, the breakthrough, the victory over the mental challenges, the despair, the depression, those things that you're up against today, there's something more. There's a new season. There's, a, there's an area of freedom. There's a promised land that he has for you, but you are going to have to. If you want to walk in, receive the more that he has in store, you have got to receive and embrace and pursue the new that he's calling you to. Listen, we serve a God who never changes, but he's almost always looking to do something new in your life. That's the call. That's the question. Can we, will we embrace the new that he's calling us to? The new patterns, the new disciplines, the new mindsets, the new friendships, the new commitments. Listen, here's how Jesus said it in Luke chapter 5 addressing this idea, this concept that God has more in store for you. But to embrace the more, to receive the more, to walk in the more, you're gonna have to be willing to embrace the new that He's calling you to. Jesus addresses this in Luke chapter 5. In red letter words, verse 37, here's what he said. He said, no one puts new wine in old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. He's using familiar language that they can understand, they can relate to. Many of them have maybe experienced this. This unfortunate moment of putting new wine in an old container and watching as the container is burst and the new wine is spilled. And he, so he's speaking in language that they could understand. And he says, no, new wine, the more that I have, must be stored in new wineskins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. Come on, repeat after me. Say, new wine, new wine. must be stored in new wineskins. And he says, but no one, here's, here, here's the conflict of the story. And he says, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. In other words, he's saying, we tend to settle in and get comfortable, especially if we have just enough of God to feel like we're on our way to heaven. No, thank you. I'll stay where I'm at today. I am fine. Thank you. That's what he's saying. And I'm just telling you, to make it through some of the things that we're up against and going through, you're going to have to be willing to receive the new wine that God has for you. I mean, the new revelation, the new peace, the new joy, the new understanding, the new revelation. And he says right here, I want to give that to you. I'm ready to pour it into your life. But is your current lifestyle, is your current mindset, 
Are your current friendships and relationship is the way that you think about life? Are the disciplines and the commitments that you are dedicated to and living out in your life, will they withhold, will they contain, rather, the new thing I wanna do in your life? Wineskins represent the patterns, the mindsets, the habits, the disciplines of our life. And the Lord has, over the years, spoken to me about three very important, significant wineskins in our life. Again, patterns, habits, disciplines, commitments. And those three things are these things, the thoughts you think, the words you speak, and the company you keep. Are we willing to think differently about those things so that we can experience the more that God has in store? And today I wanna focus in on one of those things that I believe with all my heart is monumentally important. If you desire, if you want to experience more of God, if you want to live in peace, if you want to live in freedom, if you wanna live in victory and joy in spite of our circumstances, and that's the thoughts you think. The thoughts you think. And listen, this is not new age. This is not self-help. This is not the power of positive thinking. This, this is not new age. This is ancient of days. This is God's word. In fact, you remember when Jesus was asked the question, Lord, teacher, what is the greatest of all commandments? Do you remember what he answered? And don't you think we ought to care about what he said after that question was posed? And you remember what he said? He said, you should love me with all your strength, all your heart, all your soul, and all your, what's the fourth one? Mind. The thoughts we think, the mindsets we have, are forever associated, according to Jesus himself, with living out the greatest commandment and our worship of him. We've got to be willing to think about what we're thinking about. We've got to be willing to understand what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says that it is true. Catch this as we're talking about new year, new you. Watch how clearly the Bible describes what we've got to do, what new wineskin we've got to be willing to embrace, pursue, pull into our new life. If we want to become a new person, a better version of, of yourself in 2021, watch what it says. Verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. It's the kind of will he has for you. Watch how the New Living Translation of the same scripture says it even more clearly. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, say new person, by changing the way you think. God says, you wanna be a new person, new year, new you, you wanna put that on your Instagram, you wanna put that on your Facebook post, you wanna knit that on a pillow, crochet it on a pillow, hang it on your refrigerator magnet. Here's the biblical pattern to becoming a new, better version of yourself in 2021. Lord, change the way I think so that you can transform me into a new person. Listen, you have been saved by grace, but according to God's word, you're gonna be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's worth saying again, you've been saved by grace. Your ticket is punched to heaven and eternity by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, 
Eternity is settled, but the amount of victory, joy, peace, and hope you walk out and experience and enjoy on this side of eternity is oftentimes going to be determined by how willing are you to embrace this passage right here. Are you willing to change the way you think? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And you will say, well, Pastor T, that's God. That's God in heaven who has his, his perspective. But, and, and you're right, but watch what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And there's a question that's posed. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? And here's the amazing thing about this passage is that it is not a question without an answer. In fact, Paul writes the answer to the question in this very same verse. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? And watch what he says. We, 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 we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. And listen, here's what I've learned over the years is that just because you have something doesn't mean you use something. <laughs> I'm just telling you, just because you have something doesn't mean you use something. You have access to the mind of Christ. Are you putting it to work? How much are you allowing the old nature, the old thoughts, the old patterns, the old mindsets to dictate to you the new life that God is calling you to? Or are you willing to say, Lord, I want the mind of Christ. I mean, in 2021, I wanna have the mind of Christ. The Bible wouldn't write it if it wasn't possible for you. You can have the mind of Christ. You can, you can have God's thoughts over your life. It's time to think about what you're thinking about. Proverbs 23, seven says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And I've heard it said this way, your life is inevitably moving in the direction of your strongest, most prevalent, most prominent, most consistent thoughts. Listen, it's, it's important because it's impossible. Jesus said, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. And he's a master steward. He's looking to deliver things to you. He's looking to advance you in some things. He's looking for a new wineskin that will not cause that thing to be spilled. He's a master steward. It's impossible to live a life of victory with the mindset of defeat. You listen to these things and let them resonate, and maybe the Holy Spirit will challenge you or convict you about a place where maybe you've settled into an old pattern that's keeping you from the more that God has in store. It's impossible to live a life of victory with the mindset of defeat. It's impossible to live a life of faith. Come on, courageous, adventurous, active faith. That's what God's called us to live out as Rev City Church. But it's impossible to live that, that life if your mind is gripped with fear. Fear of what could happen. Fear of what might happen. To walk in the fullness of God's abundance and provision that he desires to release to you in every area of your life, not just your finances, but your health, your friendships, your relationships, your emotions, your mind. He desires to provide with, to you and according to his riches and glory, his abundance, but it's impossible to live it out with the mindset that's set on poverty. Can God really provide for me? Because all I've seen is struggle and lack. I'm telling you, if that's your mindset today, God wants to shift it. God wants to change it. To fully enjoy relationship and friendship with others that God has put into your life, maybe starting with your spouse and, and your friends and your coworkers and your church, fellow church members, it's impossible to live out 
the fullness of those relationships and everything that God desires for you to experience and enjoy in those relationships, if you maintain a mindset of insignificance, inferiority, or rejection from the pain of your past. And listen, some of you, as I read through those things, and it's just a short list and no way comprehensive, maybe you are relating to some of those things, and I've got good news for you today. If you're relating to one of those things, it's hindered you, it's held you back, here's the good news, it's a lie from the enemy. You are not insignificant, you are not inferior, you are not unworthy, you just might have a mental stronghold that we're about to see in God's word. Come on, buckle up, because we're about to see in God's word that it can change, it can turn on a dime. You can leave this place today different than you walked in. You came in with a mindset of poverty. You came in with a mindset of rejection. You came in with a mindset of inferiority and insignificance. You can leave today with a changed mind and be on your path to becoming a new and better version of you according to God's word. Somebody ought to say amen. It's the good news. That thing that's been holding you back and hindering you, it seems like forever. It can change today. It can change today. Maybe you just need a checkup from the neck up. Maybe you just need to just say, God, where is it that there's just a mindset that's holding me back? And here's the good news as we offer to the Lord, as we present ourselves to say, Lord, give me a checkup from the neck up. The gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful medicine for hurting, broken, or confused minds. And you know, I think this is powerful. It's kind of prophetic. It's a little deep, but I think you'll get it. Jesus was crucified on a hill called Golgotha. And Golgotha literally meant place of the skull. And the skull is the seat of your mind. And I believe that nothing is wasted on God. And I think right from the start, Jesus was saying, the very hill that I'm going to allow myself to be crucified on to redeem and restore my people back to the victorious, abundant, peace-filled, joy-filled life that I've created for them to enjoy, experience, and establish in their life, the hill that I'm going to be crucified on is going to be a prophetic reminder that I provided them with the authority to win the battle over every lie, deception, and mental stronghold that they'll ever experience in their life. That's good news. Isn't that powerful? Here's other good news. You are equipped to win the battle that's being waged in your mind. You need to hear that today. Some of you are, are, are waging some battles, maybe for months, weeks, years, maybe something that entered in in 2020 because of some unforeseen, unexpected circumstances. Maybe it's something that you've had working on you from your childhood from that moment when that person who should have been building you up and supporting you and encouraging you spoke that negative thing, that lie over your life that you would never amount to something, that you'd never turn yourself into something, that you weren't enough, whatever it is for you, I'm telling you today, the good news is for you that you can win this battle. There are spiritual weapons that God has provided to allow you to win the battle. But here's the thing, you're gonna have to be willing to engage in the fight. You're gonna have to be willing to embrace a new wineskin. You're gonna have to be willing to get off your spiritual couch and begin to do the work, begin to speak the words, begin to get in the promises of God, begin to hit your knees and call out to God, begin to recognize when the enemy, the, the, the enemy of your soul is coming to lie and deceive and lead you astray or keep you put in a position of bondage. You're gonna have to be willing again to get off that spiritual couch and begin to take a hold of the authority that God has given you in the word of God and put it to work. I'm just telling you, everything that we're going through in our culture today, 
this is no time for casual, complacent, lukewarm Christianity. I'm just telling you, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to be willing to lean in and say, Lord, give me some new wineskins in this season because I want to be a part of the more that you have in store. This is a call. This is a moment. Listen, as, as a preacher, I'm going to get a chance based on things that are going on in our culture. I mean, you, we can all see it. You, it doesn't matter which channel you tune to. You're hearing it and you're seeing it. The division and, and the chaos, the, the, the turning away from biblical values and, the, and, and God is the center of our lives and our marriages and our homes and our schools. And there's a, there's a great erosion that's happening. And it doesn't matter what social media outlet you, you go to or jump over to. It doesn't matter what channel you choose to tune into. It's obvious and plain for all to see. And as a preacher, I'm going to get to live out something that I've been preaching for a lot of years and saying from a place of comfort, and that's this, the light always shines brightest in the dark. And we've said it from comfortable places, and now we're going to get a chance to live out and see, do we really believe that it's true? And I don't know about you, but I believe it's true. I believe it's true. I mentioned it earlier, it bears repeating right now, we went through 2020 and one of the things that the Lord just quickly is I began to turn to him and cry out to him and say, Lord, give me wisdom to lead our church, lead my wife, lead our family through all these things that are unforeseen, unexpected. We didn't budget for it. We didn't plan for it. It's not part of our vision plan that we have documented for the future and the growth trajectory of our church. We didn't expect these things aren't written in and the Lord said real quickly, he said, there's a way, there's a, there's a pathway. My heart's desire is that you would come through a difficult season somehow, some way more connected more committed and more convinced. And connected and committed, again, they just kind of hang in the balance, but I'm just telling you, I am more convinced. I'm more convinced. I'm more convinced that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No person, no party, no political system is going to deliver the United States of America. It is a returning to biblical values and a reestablishing of Jesus as Lord upon our hearts and our homes. That's what's gonna bring revival to our nation. You're equipped to win the war in your mind, but you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. There's an enemy of your soul, and he is a low-down, dirty dog. He does not fight fair. He'll come to you in your weakest moment, your darkest hour, and he'll speak a lie right into your heart, right into your mind about who God is or about who you are or about what should have happened that didn't happen or about how God didn't see you through or about how you married the wrong person or about how you made a mistake when you made the geographical move or about this or that or other. He is a low-down, dirty dog. He'll come to you in your weakest moment. He'll say, that thing that you stepped out in faith to do, you missed the mark, you missed the boat. And I'm telling you, you better be ready in that moment to do like Jesus did when the enemy of his soul came and tried to tempt him away from standing upon and fulfilling the promise for his life. You better have the word of God at your disposal to begin to say, Satan, you are a liar. That is not who I am. I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Maybe I once was a sinner who's now saved by grace, but now I'm victorious. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm blood-bought. I'm standing in victory. I'm, I'm not just victorious. I'm not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I mean, I, I, in the first service, I did not repeat this three times. Someone needs to hear this a third time today. You are equipped to win the battle in your mind, but you're going to have to fight. Yes, 2 Corinthians 10, verse three through five says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Quit trying to medicate or fight. I'm not, listen, quit trying to fight the battle with earthly means. 
I'm not saying that there's not a good doctor you can go see. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying there's a spiritual mandate. There's a spiritual authority. There are weapons of your warfare that are found in the word of God that if you want to experience a victory beyond what you've experienced before, you're going to have to embrace, come on, the new God's calling you to. We don't war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, that's you, that's me, this is us. This is, that's you. You're, you're, the weapons that you have at your disposal to fight these battles. It says they're not carnal, it's speaking about worldly, they're not the weapons that the world turns to. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and for bringing every thought, say every thought, into captivity to the obedience, say obedience, of Christ. Take captive every thought. That's a military term in the Greek. That means to hold something at bay with the tip of a sword or spear. And it's like you have to begin to prepare to recognize when those thoughts come into your mind and you've got, come on, what's the sword of the spirit? It's the word of God and you're armed and equipped with the word of God and that thought tries to enter into your mind and it's like you right now, real time, just begin to recognize it and maybe something that once would have entered into your life and kept you hindered or held back or in bondage or in captivity for who knows how long in a new season, in a fresh season with a new revelation, you begin to say, not today, devil. I've got the word of God. And I'm taking that thought captive. It's not going to run rampant in my mind anymore. I'm taking it captive. I'm pinning you up against the wall. I'm resisting you. I'm rebuking you in the name of Jesus with the word of God. Take captive every thought. It's a militant term. It's not a passive. We can no longer be passive with these things. Listen, if, if you want to just keep living the way that you've been living, you'll just keep getting what you've been getting. It's a militant term, taking captive with the tip of a sword or a spear. And listen, here's what you need to understand today. Not every thought you have deserves to be thought about for long. And if you're going to live in greater levels of peace and freedom and joy and victory, that's the heart of God for you. Regardless of how things go, because of who you know, you're going to have to. You're going to have to take captive every thought. You're going to have to think about what you're thinking about. The psalmist wrote it in Psalm 139, verse 23. Here's how he said it. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Are you willing to be honest with yourself and with, this, with the Lord about what is occupying your mind? There's a lady that came up to me after the first service this morning, and she said, Pastor T, I want to share a vision that I had recently, and it, it was of the Lord just coming and reminding me to, to be diligent to be aware of what was renting space in my mind. And I, I, I just thanked her for the encouragement and the little word that she shared with me. And I said, you know, that's powerful. That's a powerful picture because it's cool that the Lord used renting instead of owning because you are the landlord of your mind and maybe it's time to evict some thoughts that have been squatting in the place that belong to a different person and a different thought, a higher thought. Think about what you're thinking about and learn to discern. Is this from God? This thought, because I've, I've got the sword of the Spirit ready and willing. Is this thought from God? Is that thought that I'm having that's been dropped in my heart, dropped in my mind about myself, my God, my wife, my spouse, whoever it is, is that from God or is it from my flesh? Or even worse, is it from the enemy to try to cause me to get caught up in something or held back by something? 
Learn to discern. If it's not aligned with God's heart, with his word, with his will, take it captive. If it causes fear or anxiety for your future, take it captive. The thoughts of God are thoughts of, that are good thoughts, thoughts of hope, thoughts of a future, not to lead you to calamity. That's what we read earlier, Jeremiah 29. That's the thoughts of God, and you can have the mind of Christ. Think about what you're thinking about. Learn to discern. Number three, just giving you some encouragement about how to walk this out. Be courageously willing to exchange those thoughts for a better and higher thought. Did you know you can get comfortable with something that's killing you? Alcohol, drugs, pills, pornography, unforgiveness, bitterness, self-hatred. You can get comfortable with something that's killing you. And so a lot of times, what keeps us from experiencing the more that God has in store is we get comfortable with that old wineskin, that old thought, that old pattern. It's become more than just a thought. It's now become a part interwoven into your identity that the enemy has said, that's who you are. Are you gonna be courageously willing to exchange it for a better or higher thought? And just, just for an example, I want you to think of something that I'm gonna ask you to think about. And again, you just you can toil, you can spend lots of energy spiritually and physically trying to just battle and fight this war, or you can quickly take it captive and replace it with a word that comes from the Lord. And listen, just to make a point, here's the illustration. I want you to think of a star. Think of a blue and silver star. Think of it, think of it, think of a blue and silver star. Think of it, now stop thinking of a star. Stop thinking of a star. Stop it, Tadasia, stop thinking of a star. Now think of a red arrowhead. <laughs> think of a red and yellow arrowhead. Think of it, come on, think of a red arrowhead. You're no, all right, you're no longer thinking of a star, are you? You're thinking of a red arrowhead. Replace a lower thought with a higher thought. Some Chiefs fans said amen, all right? It's the battle that's being waged in my mind, longing to be set free from the bondage that leads to sin and death, being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Amen. There's hope for me. I'm becoming transformed, Ray, by the renewing of my mind. Like a dog returns to his vomit, so does a Cowboys fan return to. <laughs> that's the word of God, if you didn't know. Here's how I wrote it down. Hire a higher thought. Hire, H-I-R-E, as in to employ or put to work a higher thought. Isaiah 55 says this in verse eight, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You've got to replace that thought with a better thought. Today's the day that whatever that thought is, that mindset that's been holding you back, hindering you, keeping you in a place of bondage, depression, or despair, I'm telling you today, what's the higher thought of God in that very moment, that situation, over your life? You're gonna find it in the Word of God. That's the next instruction for you. Meditate on the Word of God. Meditation is not new age. It's ancient of days. It's found in Joshua Chapter one, verse eight, keep the book of the law, the word of God, the promises of God on your lips. Watch what it says, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then and only then will you be prosperous and successful. Think about what you're thinking about. 
Say, Pastor T, meditation, you know, I mean, I'm just telling you, you're meditating on something. That might not be what you call it, but you're, you're spending time, you're exhausting energy, you're laying awake, you're, you're, you're thinking about something. There's something that has your attention in your mind. And he says, meditate on my word. Don't let it depart from you. Keep it on your lips. Speak it, think it, declare it, embrace it, live it out. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Science has proven it to be true. You know, I've recently began using an app that takes books, both faith-based books and secular books, and it condenses it down to a 15 to 20 minute summary of that book. And so in 15 to 20 minutes time, you can capture the, the headlines, the hallmarks of that book, the, the intent of the author. It's been amazing. I've really enjoyed it. There are multiple apps out, out there like that. I'd encourage you to go check it out. And so I've been going through books. In the last couple of weeks, I've been through maybe a dozen or more books. And some of them by faith-based authors and others by secular authors. And here's what I've discovered as I've kind of dove back in, dove back in to, to reading some secular books or listening to these books is that there is not one secular truth that has not found its origins in biblical truth. Now there's some concepts and some ideas that I'm hearing and reading that I know that's not gonna work for people, that's not God. But everything that's true that's coming out of secular people. I'm hearing it and I'm saying, you know what, buddy, you think that you thought that and wrote that, but God wrote it 6,000 years ago right here in this very book. Meditate on the Word of God. Science shows us, science tells us that every time you have an experience, it triggers a physiological reaction in your brain that God created. And within six days of that experience, if you are thinking and meditating about that experience, come on, the good and the bad, that within six days, there's a track that, that begins to be built in your mind, physiologically speaking, they can see it with brain scans, and it's beginning to build a permanent memory that will at some point become a mindset within six days, within 63 days, in other words, just two months and a couple days, if you're continuing to meditate on that, science shows on average in 63 days that has become a full-blown mindset and pattern in the way that you think about life. Now here's the good news. It's good news if you're meditating on God's Word. It's not so good news if you're meditating on hurt, pain, unforgiveness, bitterness, rejection, unexpected, unforeseen things, unfair things that you didn't think should have happened or would have happened in your life. Just two months of carrying that and it becomes a part of the fabric of who you are. But here's the good news for you today. The cross of Jesus Christ is powerful medicine for a broken mind. And today, I'm just telling you, you can begin to meditate on a different thing, meditate on a higher thing. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. And the invitation I'm giving you is to begin to meditate on those things. And listen, it's simple, but not easy. You're gonna have to create a new wineskin, some new discipline, some new dedications, a willingness to guard your mouth, a willingness to maybe tune out some voices that are currently speaking into your life. Coworkers, friendships, social media, news channels say, Lord, I'm no longer allowing those things to affect. I'm meditating on your word. It's simple, but not always easy. But if you'll do it, I'm telling you, you'll look up and six days from now, you'll begin to experience, wow, I'm beginning to see God differently. I'm beginning to see myself differently. Two months and a couple days into this, come on through the 21 days of prayer and fasting and just through the first couple months of the new year, if you'll commit yourself to this new wineskin, I'm just telling you, you'll look up and you'll say, wow, thank you, Jesus. 
I'm living out what Romans 12, 2 said. I'm being transformed. I've no longer conformed to the pattern and the thoughts and the thinking and the words of this world. And look, I've meditated on your word, what you have to say about who I am, and I am becoming a new creation. As I close, I just want to speak and declare some things over you to give you a head start. Because the enemy, as I was just preparing for this moment to lead us through ministry and responding to God, the Lord just spoke to me that there were three things that are common lies of the enemy that, that he attempts to become part of our mindset and perspective about who we are and about who God is, and especially about who we are. And those three things were insignificance, inadequacy, and ineffectiveness. In other words, times that you've stepped out and tried to do something and it didn't go the way you thought it would go, go it ended up in a setback or a failure. Inadequacy, insignificance, and ineffectiveness. And in fact, if you would, just stand to your feet as I, be, as I want to read these things over you. As we prepare to receive from God, respond to God, worship God one more time, and really commit to embrace this into our life. Insignificance, inadequacy, ineffectiveness. And there's a list that I felt the Lord remind me of that I had put together a few sermon series ago. And here's, I'm not tooting my own horn, I'm just giving you this as an encouragement. This list I set down and typed up in about five minutes time just out of my spirit because of my commitment over the years to meditate on God's word. And this is the list that just came out of my spirit one day as I was sitting on my computer just typing and reminding myself of just a partial list of who you and I are and have access to become in Christ Jesus. And so would you allow, come on, grab a hold of one or two or four or five of these things that I'm about to speak and declare over you and replace a lower inferior thought with a thought that God has towards you because of who you are towards him. Just a few of the things that God's word has to say about you. Come on, listen to this. You might wanna just close your eyes or whatever you have to do to blind out distractions and just let this land in your heart in a new way or a fresh way. You're a child of God. You, yes, you, you were created in his image. You're the first and not the last. You're the head and not the tail. You are chosen and you are loved. You're his dearly beloved. You're the apple of his eye. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus who gives you the victory. You're not just a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror. You're blessed when you're coming and you're blessed when you're going. You're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the country. He no longer calls you a servant, he calls you his friend. As you obey God, he will cause everything you put your hands to to prosper. You are an ambassador of the highest kingdom representing the king above every king. You're a co-heir with Christ. You're part of the family of God. You will rule and reign with Jesus for all eternity. You are sealed with his spirit. You are called by his name. You're a new creation, God's treasure, his masterpiece. You're a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. You've been raised to life with Christ and seated in heavenly places. You are the light of the world and in Christ you have every spiritual blessing. You have the mind of Christ and you, yes you, can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 
nothing, yes, nothing, not fear, not darkness, not famine, not sword, no person, no demon, no sickness, not death itself can separate you from the love of God that you have in Christ Jesus. And that's just a partial list of who you are in him. Someone ought to say amen and thank you, Jesus, for making a way, for making a way, for making a way. Oh, we got to fix our focus. We got, I mean, less of me, God, and more of you as we go into this new year. Hebrews 3.1 says this, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, that's you, that's me, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Colossians 3.2 says this, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are of earth. Two more scriptures, and then we want to minister to you. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him or her in perfect peace who sets his mind, who, whose mind is stayed on you. One more scripture. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You know, I just feel like we're supposed to um, just minister to several groups of people this morning. And um, during first service, I shared something completely different. And the Lord just shifted um, what I believe he wants to speak to us um, today in this service. And um, the scripture that he put on my heart this morning is in Psalms 93. And it says, the seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves, mightier than the thunder of the great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Another translation says, what you say goes, it always has. And just a few minutes ago, I was reminded um, of a season that... Um, I was a lifeguard and there was two times that I um, had to help and assist and save somebody. And one was a little child that jumped in without their floaties. And I, I mean, I bolted and I jumped in and I swooped her up and she was fine. And then another time there was a, a kid, a teenager that just got a leg cramp in the deep end and he couldn't swim and he was starting to go under. And all I had to do was just kind of throw him my, um, my guard raft, that long red thing. And all he had to do was grab it. And that's what I just saw in my spirit of some of us here today, that the Lord has promises and scriptures and anchors and, and, and things that he's spoken to you in this message and, and all throughout your life. And he's throwing it at you. There's been a time in our life maybe that he's just jumped in full on and he's picked us up. Who's been there? Who has a testimony of when the Lord has just gotten right in there with you and lifted you up? but I believe that there's some of us here today that he's throwing this to you. And all you gotta do is grab it. Grasp a hold of it today and let him pull you in. Let him pull you in. I don't know what you walked in here with. I don't know what your week has. I don't know what your year looked like, but there's some of us here today that that higher thought, H-I-R-E, that higher thought you're having a hard time trying to hire the higher thought. And I just believe that the Lord says, you gotta trust me and you gotta cling to it. It's a choice. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And if that's you today, and maybe you feel like the seas around you are swarming and swirling all around you, 
Maybe you're like that little girl and you jumped in and it's in the deep end and you're not quite ready and you feel like you're in over your head and, and you maybe made a wrong choice and, and you don't know what to do and you're afraid that you're gonna drown and there's fear that's come up against you. Your daddy God's jumping in right now and he's saving you. He's picking you up. He's sending you on dry ground. He's sending you on solid ground. Maybe you're here today and there's a word and there's a promise that's right before you, but there's something in you. There's a fear. There's a worry. There's something in you that's not wanting to grab a hold of that. Maybe you think I'm not worthy of that. And I say, no, that is the lie from the pit of hell, you are worthy of every good thing that your daddy has for you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just lift, lift, up, lift us up to you today, Father, and I just ask that we would surrender it all to you. Thank you that you're good and you're faithful. We choose today to cling to your promises, to cling to your word, that you will do what you say you will do as we walk in obedience in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. We're gonna sing this song, and I want you to right now, people of God, would you lift, I ask us to do this often, would you lift your hands before the Lord? This is a posture that's powerful because it's in this one motion, there's a motion of surrender, of presenting something before God, and there's also a posture of receiving. And so Lord, whatever it is, those old mindsets, old patterns, old ways, we present them before you, God. And in the same moment, in the same movement, we're ready, we're positioned, we're receiving, we're expecting God, the new, the more, the new wineskins. We're ready, Lord, to do our part, to steward and receive and enjoy and experience what you're leading us to, not just in this new year, but forevermore, Lord. More of you is our constant cry, our constant prayer, our daily prayer, God, more of Jesus, less of me and more of you. And I thank you for that promise over these people today in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing this song. Let's sing this song with fresh faith of what God's gonna do with breakthrough coming. Come on, in our lives, in Jesus' name.